Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for It's Good Sometimes, a mini podcast for busy people who feed kids. We are your hosts, Laren and Tammy, registered dietitians, co-founders of On Solid Ground Nutrition and Parents. As always, this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and does not replace advice from your primary healthcare provider or any specialist you are working with. Hey, Tammy. Hi, Laren. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. We're back in the forest. We're back in the forest. You know what? We're better in the forest. <laughs> we think we are, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This actually, you know why I like it here? I was thinking about it because we've recorded the last few episodes like in my child's bedroom that we took over (laughs) kind of covertly and it actually like the forest is first of all where we started but I think feels really peaceful and I think actually like when we do this work we're doing this work from a place of love and of I don't know like it speaks to the relationship with food that we want for people I don't know it just seems to align a little bit better yeah and I think it also requires it requires a degree of vulnerability to kind of put yourself out there and do this. And I think there's something just really peaceful about nature and being in the forest. Yeah. And so it probably also settles our nerves a little bit. Yeah. I'd say. I'd, I'd say. But it yeah. does mean that for all of you listening that there will be bird song. Yep. <laughs> probably. And maybe like some dogs and, and maybe some little interludes while we, I don't know what, who knows what will pop up in here. Yeah. So today we are talking about a really interesting subject and something that comes up for us a lot and that we talk about personally a lot. Um, We're going to talk about our language around food. So kind of how we describe food, the words we use, um, and kind of maybe the effect that has on our kids. Yeah, this is one of my favorites, actually. I I talk about this a lot with, well, really everyone. (laughs) clients and other professionals and this is like one of my passion areas kind of generally like just the language we use and and how really important it is and and how much it matters and certainly we're not the only people who think that so it's definitely um you know not just within the realm of food but yeah language we use around food and eating and bodies that's that's something that we really feel passionate about yeah yeah so I think the first thing is what does it actually mean if we kind of label food or what effect do you think it has well I think maybe first it's like thinking about the labels that are often used for foods Mm -hmm. like I think foods are categorized quite a bit right and so we think of hearing about good food and bad food or or anything that indicates that food might be bad somehow, right? So like toxic or junk. Or I'm doing a cleanse or even garbage. I mean, I know. Garbage, yeah. Or eating like shit. Like we've definitely heard oh, that yeah. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, or, or the opposite. Or too much sugar, right? Yeah, too much of something or like cheat, right? Yeah. Things that indicate something, um, something that we perceive as negative. And then you know, on the opposite end, we hear about healthy and good food and even things like, you know, growing food or sometimes food or green light food, right? Like there's a lot of ways that we sort of categorize food that gives some kind of impression of the the sort of standing of that food in some kind of hierarchy, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, or an either or type situation, and or so, have been, like, really good today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we just want to explore that for a bit. We know that this, we know from experience, <laughs> um, it, that this can be really 
tough for a couple of different reasons. And so we're just inviting that in today, I think. We know that it's, um, yeah, it can be just tough to, to like explore this and kind of sit with, with, with that and the fact that, you know, there might be different ways. So we are going to go through like alternatives at the end. But yeah, so like what, what, why do you think we do this? Why do you think that we've sort of developed this categorization system? And I think, in fairness, I think we're kind of inundated with those messages, right? So it is 100%. Kind of, yeah, so yeah. it is culturally appropriate and we kind of, or it, it's been, it's language that everyone uses, so it seems it normalizes it, right? And I guess unless you're really thinking of the effect it might have, um, or you may not be thinking of it. So I think why it occurs is just that it's it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere and I think it's easy, Yeah. right? Like it. It makes it feel like it's easy and we do it with a lot of different things. I yeah. Think, right? It's easy. So it's like, these are the things that are acceptable to me. These are the things that are not acceptable to me. And it formulates, makes decision making perhaps easier. Yeah. So right? I think it, it categorize, it can categorize foods in a way that might, might make someone feel safe or also kind of. In um, control. Yeah, definitely in control. Um, and and then kind of I think if you take it a step fur- further, then it's kind of externalizing. It's it's allowing an ex- something external to kind of make your food choices for you. Yeah. Right? I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said. but No, I think so because some we make so many decisions and sometimes, like, frankly, you just don't want to, right? You do want to offload that. Yeah. Um, but, okay, but the problem is, right, one of the problems with categorizing foods in these really – sort of overly simple ways is that perhaps we lose meaning right Mm -hmm. so like what does it actually and we're kind of just throwing this out there because we kind of have our own answer to this but like what does it actually mean if a food is good and does that mean the same thing to you as it does to somebody else because again I can tell you from experience that no (laughs) um that people have really different ideas like there's no sort of universal meaning yeah and then the problem with that is that if there's if there's no real meaning and you take the example of a child who's hearing about good food from a bunch of different people in their lives or bad food from a bunch of different people in their lives it can be super confusing because the rules aren't the same everywhere it can be super confusing and it can also especially with with when you throw in the bad connotation, it can cause shame, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it, for a child. I mean, if you're saying, "Oh, that's really bad," or "That's a bad food," or "We don't eat those foods," like how is the child really processing that information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think another important thing is in the research that we've read. A lot of times, even if we're not using this language directed at our child we might be using the language for ourselves so we might be saying Mm -hmm. kind of as I said before like oh I had a really good day but then I was bad last night and had a piece of cake right and so even if the child if that language isn't directed towards them when they are eating they are observing what you are doing as an individual more is caught than taught yeah (laughs) so so I think it's it's tricky right And, and it's really hard to change um it's hard to change that language yeah, and I think, again, like this is just my experience, but I don't 
think kids ask a lot of times. I've never had a kid be like, what exactly do you mean by an unhealthy food? Yeah. <laughs> like they don't, right? They're like, okay, so all of this food for the rest of all time is going to be unhealthy, right? Like they might have a bit of nuance, but I think generally developmentally, they're just, they don't have that. They don't, and they don't have a science degree. They don't have the nutrition understanding of how it all works, right? Well, like frankly, a lot of people I know. <laughs> so, I mean, so I think it can be a kind of our takeaway point there is it can be really confusing for kids and it can also be shameful, right? It can cause some shame. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about that a little bit, the shame piece. And also this probably leads into kind of why we talk about this in our work um, and why we really try to break it down and why it's a passion area, right? So like, why, why for you? Why do you do this? Why do you try to break down the language or try, kind of challenge some of the language that's out there? To kind of bring more neutrality to the idea of food or like just kind of have a neutral, is that? But why is that important? I think because I grew up in a house where there were a lot of ideas around food and there were a lot of food rules and um, ideas around good or bad food. And it was really confusing to me as a child. And in my 20s, I really had to sort out, I think because there was such a severe idea of what was good and bad, that the bad stuff was was quite regulated in our house. And so then in my 20s, I kind of had, obviously as an adult, more access to those things. And I had to find figure out how to regulate the foods that, quote, were bad, right? And that was a process that I went through because I just had never had kind of full access to for as much as I needed to like chocolate or ice cream or whatever, or the foods that had been labeled bad in our home. And so, and my parents like well-intentioned, absolutely doing um, what they thought was best, but just that language was, um, was tricky. Right. And so that's why I think this work is important because I think it can be really confusing for kids. And then as an adult, if it matters to you, um, just kind of unpacking those ideas around food um, and, yeah. Well, because I think it, I mean, you said a couple things there, right? Because I think if we're using this way of categorizing food and we've taught that to children really early, and this is kind of what you spoke to in your experience, is that then you don't trust yourself once yeah. you're on your own. When someone is not controlling that food for you, you're relying on just the language, right? Just and sort of idea. what you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you're also navigating the food system on your own and have preferences, right? Because a lot of the foods we label somehow bad are also foods that we really enjoy, right? Or perhaps are presented with a lot and maybe want to try, right? Like, so there's, there's sort of this like, wanting to explore or wanting to to try things out but also like the shame around it right and so that kind of leads into the next thing which is like how does it feel for you when you're eating to think that what you're eating is bad right like how does that actually this is where I tend to get kind of like a little bit um maybe high level <laughs> go down a bit of a rabbit hole because but like how does that feel Right? Does it make you feel like you're doing something good or kind or nourishing for your body? Right? Because yeah. my guess is it doesn't. Yeah. And then there's that guilt and that shame and whatever else happens for you. Right? Um, and, 
And I think a lot of those foods that we may categorize as bad actually bring us pleasure, right? Yeah. And so then to to feel pleasure while you are having them and then to kind of go down the shame and guilt spiral, that is that is a hornet's nest, right? Like that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. 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 It is. And that and not for everyone, but definitely um, for some. Yeah. And here's my plug, right? Is that when we talk about foods, this I'm going to try to, this is a lot of stuff that lives in my head. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to try to be it's a long articulate <laughs> yeah. about it. But when we talk about food in that way, when we're feeling badly about the food we're eating, I feel like what we've done is taken this thing, which is meant to be well, it's a, it's a necessity, right? Like food is a necessity of life. And we can have a lot of thoughts about what constitutes food because I think that's something I hear a lot is the sort of the bad foods. Some people don't actually, like I have heard people say, like I don't think of that as food. And I would, like I personally really challenge that. But we're taking this thing that is a, a gift and a necessity and we're putting a lot of pressure on food to like make us okay and and well and healthy and optimizing everything like we're putting a lot of pressure on food and a lot of pressure on individuals and parents so it, especially and, right well and, and everyone, caregivers right? yeah and on your own self as you said when you were in early adulthood to like navigate that for yourself it's a lot of pressure on individuals and it removes the, the collective care for each other and that is unfortunate and again that's where I'm gonna I know that yeah, that's a whole topic it, in and of itself yeah but. and it kind of looks at food as kind of this health insurance right like that we are looking at food in a way that it, it will kind of prevent all of these things like maybe yeah. cancer or chronic disease and we're not saying that, that we that nutrition does not matter to us that is not what we're saying but it is not the only piece of the pie when we are looking at health right no. and so I think food is the thing that we can control and so or we feel like we, can. we feel like we can yeah. control and so we put a lot of emphasis on that and and sometimes it's just probably um a little inequitable when you're looking at the other components of health but um but yeah we won't go down that rabbit hole oh that's a it's a dog get some couple dogs there's a little bit of a dog party that went awry here yeah so, um so kind of and then kind of keeping it on parenting so like those are the questions we have right like what purpose does that serve for you categorizing food if that's something that you do how does it feel for your own self if you're labeling foods in that way and then is that useful in parenting like do you find it useful in parenting does it make you like how does it feel to sort of have use that as a as a way to make decisions about feeding kids and about teaching them about food like how does that feel for you again like I can only speak to my own experience of it it didn't feel good for me because it felt like I was using shame and guilt yeah and it that wasn't I have a, a long experience um with shame and guilt that I'm still really frankly working out um and so I absolutely knew that that was not something that was going to be part of my parenting to the best of my ability, which, like, as you can imagine, and I think <laughs> imperfect. It's, yeah, and I think it's important to recognize as parents, like, in, when you're feeling, like, when you do have certain ideas of, of the types of foods you want them to eat, like, in the moment, 
if you've used shame or guilt and it works, then if you're feeling a lot of pressure as a parent, it takes away some of that pressure momentarily, mm-hmm. right? And so it does serve that purpose. Like, I understand why that happens. Totally. Um, but I think we're, and we're going to f- finish up our season with an episode about why we do what we do and kind of the framework we use. But we're coming at this as a long game, like feeding kids actually our children are going to grow into adults, right? And what do you want their food relationship to look like long term? Because um, nutrition is a lifelong thing. Yeah, right? so, it's yeah. not It's not a moment in time or even a couple years. And I think we get lost in that as parents because it is very in the moment. And so we're coming at this from a place of, of do you want them to go into their 20s maybe having some things to work out around food or do you want them to kind of have this neutral relationship where they can just food can just be food right and we can Mm -hmm. kind of remove all of these ideas and maybe some of the guilt and shame that they they may acquire they may not right like we don't know okay so on that note yeah this is a long one what are the alternatives what how how do you do what you just said yeah so, how do you how do you neutralize food? Yeah, so I think just just removing kind of that black and white thinking of categorizing food. So just naming the food. Like today we are having grapes and granola bars and I don't know, cheese for our snack and not um, or say, for example, I guess a better example would be a child goes to a birthday party and they have a bunch of cake at the birthday party and then they come home and maybe they want something like, I don't know, ice cream with their dessert instead of saying like, oh, you've had too much sugar or like you've already had enough enough unhealthy food today. We're just going to have this. You can just say, oh, you know what? We we are actually just having this for dinner, like kind of removing that, if that makes sense. Um, and not really, just not really naming foods, I guess, in a negative or positive light. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like I usually advocate for just like naming the food. Yeah. Right. Um to when possible, yeah. right? Because I think when people say, I I just need carbs, it's like, okay, but that lots of things have carbs. Like, what does that actually mean? What is it you're actually feeling, right? Yeah. And so I think, yeah, like... Just calling the, food just, the name Yeah, just is. being like, you know what? I really feel like cookies right now. Or french fries. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, and cause, because your cravings are okay. But yeah. anyway, that's a whole other episode. But um, just, yeah, like... Naming the food, if that's possible, sometimes it actually is useful to categorize, right? Like sometimes, I'm trying to think of an example. Sometimes you need to talk about a larger category. So sometimes I'll label things by their texture. So like crunchy foods or do we feel like something like sweet right now or salty, like about their taste profile or their sensory profile can sometimes be useful in categorization if you can keep your tone relatively neutral Mm because I think that's part of it right yeah um and then another thing is like what are things like a favorite food right so like for example my kids love bread so if I'm thinking about a little bit more variety like for myself because I also love bread but like sometimes I just want something different (laughs) Um, so it'd be like what are foods that are like bread that we that we could bring into our house right if I'm asking them for ideas so but it's the, I think it's the tone and it's the actual, like, keeping just the the negative words out, but also the positive judgment words, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, these are the healthy foods, right? Yeah. Because that implies that there is 
a wrong way. Yeah. Right. And I think for especially and, and also just kind of not categorizing foods in like, oh, that's too high in sugar or that's too high in salt or kind of adding those things because kids, kids g- really, really do not care. Like they care about taste and appearance and texture. That is what kids care about, right? And so kind of just removing any of those kind of external descriptors. And that that starts with the caregiver. And so we know what we're asking right now is it's a big change, right? To kind of reflect on this and think about this. And it's not a perfect process. Like this takes this takes a while, right? I mean, or you might be really excited. Yeah. And maybe we'll do it. But <laughs> I think just needed to know that it was yeah. okay to do that. So yeah. like feel free to go for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we're going to encourage an experiment, right? Like next time you're having a meal or next time you find yourself inclined to say whatever, whatever label that you use, just see if you can catch it and challenge it a little bit and see if it feels different, right? See if it feels different for your own self and and for yourself in the context of parenting and see if it, how it lands, right? And just, I mean, we're going to just throw that out there as a possibility, right? And if if this did not land for you, that's totally okay, right? Yeah. Like, this is, you know, there's many ways to to feed kids, right? And and you, you don't have to do it our way. So, like, if it's not landing, that's fine, right? Yeah. So, that's it. That was a long one. A long um, one. Like yep. I, said, I mean, I thought we did quite well, to be honest. <laughs> because, like I said, I could talk about this for, like, a very long time. And have yes. for, like, hours. <laughs> so, you can find us on Instagram at OSG Nutrition or at our website, www.osgnutrition.ca. And thanks so much. This is, we're finishing up our last season. So please let us know how this landed for you. It's not our last season. It's actually yeah, sorry. just our last, last episode. Last episode. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's right. early. Okay. Bye. bye.